Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is a pre-recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about the emotional well-being for tweens. With me, Tamara Tala, the Pediatrics Behavioral Health Community Services Director at Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital, and Jessica Strong, who's the Community Health Manager at Primary Children's Hospital. We've been talking about normalizing conversations and the fact that parents don't have to be perfect. They don't have all the answers, but it's really acknowledging what young people think. Tamara, you said it's not about where we have the conversation, but the frequency of conversations. And that kind of raises a question in my mind of how often should we be having conversations with our young people about things they might be going through? I don't know that that one would prescribe something, um, you know, in terms of the number of times per week or something like that, but rather... It's just so, for example, if you're checking in uh, uh, on on your on your tween about how things are going at school, include that in the conversation. You know, it's almost folding it into the regular conversations that you have rather than kind of putting that as a standalone kind of conversation. It's just in the nature of the uh, of the other sorts of things that you're asking them about. And 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 from that perspective, um, it's just sort of the regular cadence and what the family sort of normally does. Um, I would also add that what what may happen is because it's challenging, which is why why this uh, why these tools are so helpful. You can go onto the website and really take a look at some thoughts about, hey, maybe I can say things in this particular way, or or you know, it's it's just think of it as sort of adding to your toolbox. Um, and also making it sort of part of the normal routines that you have. It's more about routine than even frequency. Yeah, and I think particularly in this age group, there's a lot of parents that are concerned about the one-word answer. You know, how is school? Fine. What are you doing? Nothing. You know, how do you feel? Fine. Um, And so, you know, the Emotional Wellbeing Program does have some tips and tools on how you can engage a deeper conversation um, and, you know, some of that is, is, you know, pretty simple stuff like, you know, think about the timing of when you're having these conversations. If it's, you know, right after school when they're stressed and, you know, feeling overwhelmed, well, maybe that might not be the best time. Find a time where they're relaxed. Um, you know, the car is actually a really great place to have conversations with your tweens. And there's something almost magical about it where they just open up. Um, many of these tweens will open up when they're in the car um, or, you know, at dinner time. But think about the context of when you're having these conversations, and that can be helpful to elicit um, better and deeper responses. The other thing you can think about is the types of questions you're asking. Um, you know, we encourage parents to ask open-ended questions rather than a yes or no, um, because, again, if you say, how was your day, you're more more likely to get that fine response. But if you say, you know, for example, describe your day or what was the highlight of your day or 
tell me about what you learned in math today, or you know, those kinds of questions um, require a longer response. Um, so just some simple tips like that can be really helpful for parents to try and get their tweens to actually engage in that conversation. That is so helpful because oftentimes I think it sounds kind of like an interrogation. They get in the car, how was your day? And it's like this list of questions that you're going down. You were specific on some of those, but let's talk about a specific conversation. Uh, your, your tween gets in the car. They're looking pretty down. Obviously, something didn't go well. How does that conversation look? Yeah, I think it can look different ways, you know, based on your relationship with your tween. Um, but again, I think acknowledging, helping them identify a feeling is really helpful. Um, you know, you can ask what happened today that, you know, maybe you didn't expect or, you know, you can make an observation. It looks like maybe you're upset, you know, did something happen that we can talk about? Um, but making that an invitation for your tween to open up um, is really important. And recognize that silence is okay. I think that's one of the hardest things as parents that we have to deal with is, you know, we ask a question and we don't get a response. Um, and so our inclination is to dig deeper. Um, but sometimes we just need to be patient and, and let them think and let them be silent. Um, and, and that will help those tweens know that there's an invitation um, you know, your parent is there for you and they're willing and wanting to listen when the tween is ready, because maybe they're not ready right in that moment. And that is OK. And that's a hard concept for parents, but a really important one. If they're not in a place where they really feel ready to talk about it, um, give them, the, you know, allow for that space to happen. And, and it's almost as though not only are you um, giving permission, but you're also encouraging that, hey, we just need to pause for a second. Most of us are unhappy with the pandemic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're, we are restricted in a lot of ways that we aren't very happy about. But is there a way for parents to turn this around for tweens? Is there an opportunity here that we might be missing to maybe look at life in a different way? I think you bring up a really good point, Maria. I think from you know a lot of ways to consider this sort of work and, and our engagement with our kids is really about um, seeing what are the new opportunities that we have um, you know, there, we, we don't we don't want to disregard some of the challenges that we're having, but 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 what are the new experiences that we're having right now? We're we're in a really unique time where school is back. Um, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of new things that are happening that have been different than they've ever experienced before, and so exploring the newness of some of these experiences is really a period of kind of discovery, and perhaps they've. Perhaps they've learned something that they didn't realize that they appreciated before. Um, you know, the, 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 this could really be an opportunity for discovery. Is it an opportunity to maybe build resilience in our tweens? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think this is definitely a great opportunity for that because there are so many unknowns right now. And there is a lot of concern and uncertainty. And so this is an opportunity to have that conversation with your tweens to say, look, there's there's a lot that we don't know right now, but how can we um, both you know, focus on the positive, manage our own concerns and anxiety, and um, you know, like Tamara was saying, look for those opportunities um, to grow in ways that maybe we hadn't. So I, I agree, Marie, I think this is an opportunity for resilience um, and to you know, have that conversation and recognize that 
there is some positives associated with this and to also manage those concerns and anxieties that are naturally happening. This is such an important time. Tweens really, like you mentioned, they want to be autonomous, but this is such an important time with their friends. And how does a parent keep their tween separate from their friends? How do they how do they manage the situation and keep them safe and mentally, emotionally healthy at the same time? So as a as a father of a tween, you know, th- this is a this is a common common occurrence in our own home. I mean, we we find opportunities for um, engagement with each other where, the, where they're socially distanced, they're wearing masks, um, they're actually reinforcing that with each other. Um, they, um, they utilize technology to sort of engage with each other. Um, um, you know, in some cases, they're actually engaging in different ways um, and finding unique ways. Many of the time, um, it's being really open-minded as a parent and listening to some of the ideas that they have. We've spoken to them about the rules and the expectations a great deal. They come up with some really, really creative ideas. Um, you know, for example, a social distancing movie party or or anything like that so that they have opportunities to do that. We just need to do it a little bit differently. How do they do that? How do they do a movie party? Describe that for me. So we found an opportunity for someone to actually show a, a, a movie outside um, we were able to sort of do that. They had they they were outdoors. They were probably ten feet from each other. Um, it was on a larger screen that was put over a sheet, um, and they ended up having a great, great, great time. And they had their own individual um, uh, snacks that were that were prepackaged, and uh, they were wearing their masks and watching the movie and chit chatting with each other. So, again, and this was a dialogue that we had with our tween to figure out well, well, what what, what can we do? Because we know this is important, but how can we do this safely? And and, and the first and second options didn't work, and we came up with this, and we gave it a shot. We need to take a break. When we come back, though, I want to talk about having that conversation, really making your tween part of the solution rather than coming up with solutions for them. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.